Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's Michelangelo. It's time for Classic A&G. Armstrong and Getty. One more thing. All right. Been going through the archives. Found a really great clip from 2009. Gladys, go ahead and grab your harp. I'm going to get right to it here. Our own Joe Getty was helping out the federal agents train young agents. And so Joe Getty volunteered to play a bad guy in federal agent training. And Joe had the time of his life. It was a fun but painful experience. Physically painful, that is. As Joe will mention in this segment. So let's go back to 2009. I love that harp. Our own Joe Getty plays a bad guy in federal agent training. So, uh, yesterday I volunteered to to do something. It has to do with I went to the FBI Citizens Academy, and I got acquainted with the I'm on the mailing list, et cetera, et cetera. And they needed volunteers for a training activity. And I wasn't sure exactly what it was. I knew it had to do with weapons training and sounded like there might be a paintball-type uh, atmosphere involved, so wear long pants and a long shirt. I know what that means. And so, but I wasn't sure what to expect. So I show up to this big warehouse place. It's a law enforcement training center where they have mocked up like a house and an apartment and a bar and another house. Um, with so it looks the, like a neighborhood. Well, no, no, it's all interiors. Okay. Well, there's exterior doors for them to bust down, for instance. But so they have a complete interior of a house 
with, uh, you know, the living room and the entryway there. And there's the kitchen. There's the hallway. There's three bedrooms. And then there's a bathroom. Does at it the really end. look like a house? Yeah. Hmm. A really crappy house. <laughs> right. Which is probably appropriate given the sorts of doors the cops generally bang down. Mm, oh, that's a good point. And what I ended up being, along with several other geeks like myself, who were all very, very nice people, but um, were role players as the cops were coming in to serve warrants, uh, search houses, arrest known violent felons, etc. And so I would play a role, me and the other people, and there were a couple of different setups and we were divided into teams. But Did you play a guy at home barbecuing drunk? Because no. you'd be so good at well, that. Well, I could have just fallen into that role, like, you know, like a war, slipped in like a warm bath. Um, scenario number one was uh, you had a mouthy uh, common law wife and drunk belligerent Larry, drunk Larry, we called him, who was brilliant in the role. And then I was just weird, non-compliant, probably tweaked up roommate who wouldn't show his hands to the cops standing in a doorway. Mm. And back in the other bedroom, because Larry's a convicted child molester, uh, back in the other bedroom is uh, Pimp, who is armed, an underage prostitute in the shower. And the cops, the first time they had to come in without a warrant, talk their way in, and then execute a search. The second time they had a warrant. But do they go in knowing what's in there? Or is this nope? Uh, okay, no. So they, they don't. Just, they, they don't know your non-compliant possible tweaker. They see a guy in a doorway, not showing his hands. It's exactly like reality. Yep. They get a certain amount of intel. There's a number of people. Second scenario. They have a warrant. They're pounding on the door. FBI let me in. It was FBI agents. It was also various uh, law enforcement agencies doing the training together and in, in teams and stuff like that with some experts who'd critique their performance and go over mistakes they made. But second time, they're pounding on the door. I'm guy who kicks the door open and screams, what the F do you want, you MFers? And may or may not be armed. Clearly belligerent and non-cooperative. And by the way, both my wrists are good and bruised from being handcuffed. But, um, and the last scenario I did, I was guy in last bedroom ready to fight to the death. And we were using guns um, whenever I had a gun that were, they weren't standard paintball guns that have, uh, go with air pressure. They're shells. They're a hammer that hits the shell. Boom! And this gunpowder and everything, but it shoots a paintball at a very high, stingy, ouchy muzzle velocity. And so in the last scenario, there I am in the bedroom waiting for the cops. And as soon as I saw a head come around the uh, the corner, I'm me to just behind Scott. It was probably 15 feet. Me to those guys. Me coming out of a doorway, them behind the corner, blasting away at each other point blank. Um, and... Them saying, come out or you will be shot. And me screaming, come and get some mother effers. Um, did you actually say the word or did you say mother effers? Oh, no, oh no, 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 no. This was not for the kids. Cause, did they yeah. tell you what to say or did you just go we, with we mother talked effers? About it. That's we t- what you thought was a good idea. No, we, t- <laughs> we, no, we talked about it a little bit, but... Um, because you, you're, it you're, was mostly ad lib. Your cussing is often nonsensical. I can see you call him a piece of stupid, you know, whatever. Come, come and get me, you piece of f. Right, piece of f. That doesn't. <laughs> excuse me. Stop shooting. That doesn't even make any sense. 
<laughs> no, I was screaming at him and taunting him and saying, I can see you. Stick your head out again. And then I'd squeeze off a shot. And uh, I tell you what, the sweat pouring down my neck was not just because of the protective gear I was wearing. You're standing there toe-to-toe blasting away at people. And then, you know, and, and you'd see a cop make a mistake or one of the trainees or whatever, because it was various levels of, of experience, um, make a mistake and get shot in the back. And then them with the instructor going over what they did and how mm. they must never do that again. Wow. And it was set up. Jesus, that would make you think if that had been a real situation, I would have gotten shot. Well, there would be a young cop with a paintball stain right in the middle of his back. Um, not a badge of honor. But. They set up these scenarios in ways. In one, I was uh, I was right next to my homicidal maniac shooter buddy. He was in the next bedroom, and I was uh, pretending to have a heart attack and fell down and was rolling about as a distraction. Oh, I wish I had YouTube of that. Um, Can you do that for us? Would you do a little of that? Fall down, roll around, and moaning? No, because my knees hurt. Because I was forced to my knees more than I'm accustomed to. Oh. You know, get on your knees, get on your knees, put your hands in the air, come backward on your knees, and I'm like. What? Listen, I'm lazy. I'm aging. I'm a radio guy. I don't want to crawl backward on my knees across this living room. I'm not sure I could. Well, you can, as it turns out, with a gun at your head. But um, then they'd cuff me up and throw me on my belly and stuff like that. Um, the scenarios were often set up so that there would be a factor that would... I mean, it was it was like, um, you know, if the, the defense brings a blitz in football, you think you know you got your number one guy who comes through the doorway, you got your number two who covers him, you got your number three. What what happens when the tweaker comes out of the other bedroom and says, what the F is going on here? So they've got to quickly adapt to that. Mm-hmm. And in a couple of cases, you know, I was the distraction. And um, one, they had a couple of Air Force guys who were doing it, too, who were good because they were MPs. Um, as role players, as bad guys. And the one guy was skinny enough. He was hiding behind a door that looked like there was just nine, ten inches a foot. But he was behind the door like that. And a couple of times, we were able to lure him, distract him, and he just killed people. Um, yeah. So it's it's incredibly intense, especially as you get into it, because these people are learning how to not die and how to save lives. Um, including their own, and to bring really, really bad people you know, to justice. Uh, so everybody involved was taking it really, really seriously. And if you were a belligerent drunk guy, you were given a mess. You were trying to distract him. You were trying to make him angry. Um, you were physically abusive. Uh, when I was won't show him my hands guy, you know, and I'd give him the finger. Then I'd go back behind the doorway, and they had their guns drawn and come out, or we will shoot you. I'd stick my head out and say, if you would go back inside my bedroom. Um, it was intense and crazy fun, and I got to shoot guns. How long did it last? Mm, gosh, I was there for uh, five hours, I guess. And I missed an hour because I decided to finish the show. That's how responsible I am. And dumb. I should have left <laughs> and done one more scenario. But it was intense. Ooh, dog, I'd do that again in a minute. Mm-hmm. Bruises on the wrists notwithstanding. So do they do, I assume they do all different kinds of stuff. They probably do banks and... Oh, yeah, they did. Um, actually, I was in the, the uh, you know, structure scenarios. They had guys doing traffic stops where there's a traffic stop and a guy brings out a gun um, or is non-compliant or whatever. And boy, there's a hell of a lot of shooting out there. Uh, but it was uh, it was wild. Plus, we got to... Here, then we'd we'd loiter and listen 
to the uh, the follow up. All right, here's what you could have done better. You were exposed here. Um, you've got to when you break the threshold of the door, go because the guys behind you are ready to push in. But I might get shot. Go, go. give them some. Get some. You've got to be aggressive. You got to be ready for it. You've got to be happy to do it. If you know there's a felon with a gun ready to shoot you in there, if you don't have your mindset, get out, that mindset. Get out of the business. And they were telling the guys stuff like that and um, about how there are the official uh, rules of engagement use deadly force, and then everybody has their personal rules of deadly force. I know I do. And listening to them talk about that and um, and how that works into it is just absolutely fascinating. Then they'd ask us um, anything you observed, anything you want to point out. And just in, the one time when they were clearing the kitchen and I was standing there, it happened I didn't have a gun. I was non-compliant doorway guy um the one guy was clearing the kitchen checking behind something and he leaned into a doorway checked behind it never even glanced my direction you know if i'd had a gun i would have blown his head right off um and you never know. shoot you when you didn't have a gun no because that's what the that, that's why you don't have a gun i assume is they're trying to figure it they're they're put in a situation where you won't want to shoot that guy right but but they're but you don't know that he doesn't. They're have a like gun. that finger on the trigger because as they were teaching the guys, uh, when it's act versus react, act always wins. And so you shoot everybody, and there's only one story: the cop side of the story. You know, you would have been a good East German. Uh, anyway, uh, it was very clear that if I'd gotten if I'd gotten froggy at all, they would have jumped. So, and then when I actually had the gun, ooh, Katie barred the door. That was intense. Ouch. They weren't playing. So how drunk guy do? What did he do to be drunk? Larry the drunk was brilliant. Hell of a nice guy. Um, an interesting guy, too. But um, he was loud and drunk and taunting them. Uh, taunting them. My favorite line was, ain't no donuts in here, you a-holes. <laughs> Which is brilliant. Nice little <laughs> cop taunt there. Because uh, he was a twice convicted child molester, drunk, disorderly, and and, and doesn't like cops a bit. He was brilliant. Emmy, dare I say, Oscar award-winning belligerent drunk. If you hear that, bad guys, they've got more training than you. And then finally, Joe Getty had one last little tidbit that he wanted to share with the audience. So I'm in this gunfight to the death at the end of the hallway, and uh, I ran out of ammo. And I actually hadn't been hit. Um, But it was interesting because I completely lost track of how many shots I squeezed off. A cautionary tale. Um, and, uh, so I, ah, and I fell down onto my belly and I was clearly out of commission. But at that point I'm panting like a dog. I'm breathing hard. And they yelled as they should. He's still breathing because, you know, maybe I'm faking it. Maybe I go for my gun again, whatever. Maybe I have another gun. And, uh, somebody says, yeah, he's still breathing. And after about 30 seconds, somebody else says, and the instructor says, no, he's dead. He's dead. And he should have just said, he's really out of shape. And so he's panting for breath. But as far as we're concerned, he's dead. So you couldn't play dead because you were, I was breathing so damn hard, but that was my role to be dead. Right. Because there was another challenge awaiting them around the corner. Well, sometimes on bad TV shows, the guy is supposed to be dead's breathing pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. At, oh, God, it was funny. One of the Air Force guys, he's uh, the maniacal pimp of the underage hooker who uh, guns down a couple of people. And then he comes out at the end of the hallway with the gun to his head and they light him up. Oof. OK, because it's so quick to go. Whip! I'm not going to shoot me. I'm going to shoot you. Um, so they light him up and he falls down. And um, 
and he in real life had to sneeze. So he goes, uh, uh, <laughs> he jerks like he's going to move his gun and they light him up again. And it hurts because you got the bulletproof vest on, but your arms and your legs, all you got is your clothes on. And what? And so, he, you know, when it was over, he's like, son of a bitch, that hurt. Why'd you light me up again? Well, you twitched. You moved your gun. So did they have somebody playing an underage hooker? Yeah. Yeah. A girl? Yeah. Yeah. And she was a uh, young looking too, a lovely lass and uh, very brave. She got her head cracked open at one point um, in real life. And uh, they tended to her and everybody expected she was gone for the day, but she came back. Um, Who cracked her in the head? Going. Uh, the pimp? In the case, no, no. In the, in the, in the midst of getting her under control, um, because you never know in those scenarios, you know, who's really a victim, who's not. They, you know, mm-hmm. I think putting her to the ground, her head hit a coffee table or something like that. So me and my bruises on my wrists, I'll stop whining now. I thought that was really a cool activity that Joe Getty was part of. You got to be brave to do that stuff, too, because those simulations, they're real as possible. They really throw you. They really do shoot at you, granted with paintballs, but it hurts. Your role is to play evil people and to do it as realistically as possible. After all, your goal is to help young federal agents get the proper training so they don't die when they're going to arrest bad guys. So that was from 2009, and I thought that was one of the better slices of life that Joe has told us over the years. I found Joe's story very interesting, but at the same time, I wondered if I could do it. I, In some ways, I'd like to do it, but boy, it sounds like you get bruised up. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoy the classic A&G segment that I selected. I'll be looking through the archives this week and bring you something else next week from back in the day. So until then, well, I guess that's it. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men. And it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options. Or visit cdc.gov slash screen for life for more information. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today.